In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about missing it. So sit back and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday sermon. My name is Travis, your host. With me today is Pastor Daniel. Hello. First time on Monday Moments. We're so glad that uh, you're joining us today. If you have not had a chance to listen to Pastor Daniel's message, you can do so on our website, on our YouTube channel, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into it. Let's so, do it. Since this is um, kind of your first time on Monday Moments, could you uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about. And sure. Uh, yeah, Daniel Hamilton and uh, kind of work a lot with the youth here at Freedom Fellowship. And uh, I'm originally from Dallas-Fort Worth uh, area, grew up in Arlington, Texas. Um, man, love, you know, uh, for a long time I, I led worship for, you know, since I was in high school. Um, and then I even led on the worship team here until um you know, God opened up the door for the student ministry. And uh, my wife and I, her name's Emily, we've always, uh, we did a lot with Young Life and we helped in the college department at our old church in Arlington. And so we've always had a heart for the next generation. And uh, it's been really cool to see how God's opened up that door. And we just love working with the youth here and, and excited for what God's doing. And, you know, he's always working and, um, I just think that's ex- exciting and awesome about God. So yeah, yeah, loved it. Now your message was um, kind of central around <clears throat> the the story of feeding the five thousand, you know, correct? The loaves and the fish, and um, you you titled this message "I Don't Get It," and it was talking a little bit about how we often miss yeah. what Jesus was really wanting to teach us and what he was really wanting us to understand and, and be transformed. And uh, for anyone who might be, you know, watching this or, or listening mm-hmm. to this, who may have missed your message, can you maybe give like a brief recap and kind of what's the big idea? Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting as I was really wrestling with this, you know, I, I figured it's before Thanksgiving, before we eat a lot of food and yeah. well, where in the Bible do they eat a lot of food? Yeah. And this came to mind. There was a lot of food, a lot of people, and everyone had all they can eat. And I was like, you know, kind of in anticipation of Thanksgiving, um, I was just reflecting on people who've eaten in the Bible. <laughs> and so as I was studying it, um, it, it really didn't make sense to me. And it was kind of funny because you and I were talking and you're like, maybe that's the title of the sermon. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, because I don't get it, you know? <laughs> this works really well. And um, essentially what, what was weird it, to me, and, and I talked about it in the sermon, is Jesus did this miraculous thing, and, and it, it actually goes back to um, whenever the Israelites were in the desert, and there's not food there, and then God provides for them. He brings manna from heaven. So this to an Israelite, this to a Jewish person would mean, it would be meaningful and impactful, and even knows that, man, this, we're in the wild, and God is feeding us. And so it struck a chord with them. But even after that, they didn't get it. And I was like, he did this huge miracle and it says after that, actually, a lot of disciples, uh, not the 12, but a lot of people that were following Jesus didn't follow him. If you continue yeah. that story, and I'm like, man, they, they just didn't get it. And then it kind of tied into um, the way the disciples reacted to 
what Jesus was asking them to do. And, and essentially, there was kind of three things about, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, in our lives, you know, God often tells us things. You know, I, I started with the verse in Isaiah that's, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And just how much ahead that God is um, in our thought patterns and how much bigger his yeah. goal and his mission is than, than my mission. Right. And um, the 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 more ready we are to sacrifice that for, for what he's trying to accomplish, um, the more we tend to get it. Right. And uh, he's going to ask us to do things that don't make sense, that don't add up. And we usually look at our resources um and uh, and that's an okay place to be to just don't get it. But that principle of just bringing what you do have, even though I guarantee you it's it's not going to be enough for what God has planned. Um, but we just have to have that discipline of just saying, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with this, but here it is. Yeah. Um, so that's essentially in, in a nutshell. I'm sure that there's more to it. But, uh, yeah, I just don't get it. And what do you do in those situations where, you know, the math, the resources, they don't add up? Yeah. Um, and to really sacrifice what what's in my head for what God's wanting to accomplish. Yeah, and I, there, the, just <clears throat> like you, like you just said, there's a lot of layers to this, right? Yeah, it like really the, is. there's a there's the layer of you're calling me to something and I don't have it. You yes, know? <laughs> um, I don't know how you're going to do this. You promised that you would, or I know that you're calling me to this. You know, whatever the case might be, but the resources just don't add up. Yeah, I can't make things out of thin air. You know, how mm-hmm. do I do this? So there's that layer, but there's also this layer of, you know, we see in this story yeah. that the people were so focused on the on the earthly things, the here and yes, the now. Very true. Um, you know, we see that they wanted to force Jesus to be king. You know, we see over and over again in, in, in the Gospels of the disciples asking him, mm-hmm. God, when are you going to restore the kingdom mm-hmm. of Israel? When are you going to restore? Yes. You know, yes. when are you going to overthrow the Romans, essentially, is what they were trying mm-hmm. to say. And he's like, you don't get it. Like, no. I'm doing something totally different. You don't get it. I know. And and we are often caught in uh, a similar place mm-hmm. where where we're only looking at the temporary, the here mm-hmm. and the now. God, how are you going to fix our current situation? Yeah. And and I believe that God does, you know, in, in in a lot of these in a lot of these circumstances, God does want to fix the temporary things, right? Just like He fed Correct. the people, there's a legitimate need. The people need to eat now, um, yeah. but it's it's often so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't just just <clears throat> end with fixing that temporary situation or circumstance. Yeah. You know, it's so much bigger than that. Um, one of the things that you pointed out in your message is that. The disciples' response and and the dif- the difference between Jesus' re- response and the disciples' response. The disciples just wanted to send the people away. Yes, and and you talked about how in this story the disciples just kind of wanted to get rid of the problem. Ah, Jesus, just send them away so they can go get some food. And and how we oftentimes we just want to get rid of the problem. Um, tell us a little bit more about what's that all about. You know, I think that it's easier whenever the problem just doesn't exist. So we try to make it dissolve. We try to get rid of it. We try to minimize what God's asking us to. Because if there's, you know, maybe if there's not a problem, then we don't have to be obedient, you know? Um, It kind of makes me wonder about that. You know, one of the things I I mentioned on Sunday was, what does that look like for us today? And and I said some, you know, just a few examples. But, uh, you know, it's funny how whenever God, you know, uh, it's easier to point out the flaws in other people rather than looking at our own and saying, okay, God, how are, 
you know, what are you trying to perfect in me? Yeah. And so we try to get rid of the problem of ourselves where we need to be perfected and sanctified and say, well, look at the world. I'm way better than them. And, and there's just little <laughs> ways that we kind of micro uh, just push those problems aside where, where Jesus is like, no, I want to be enough in your life. And, yeah. um, you know, so there, for instance, too, uh, one of the things I mentioned was whenever um, we try to fix people when God's trying to break them, yeah. you know, I think some of the most beneficial times in my life was whenever God was trying to break me. I didn't need somebody to come in and reprimand. I just needed somebody to listen and to love me. And, and there's a few times that, you know, when, um, you know, God was really wrestling with Emily and I, um, in, in some things in our life and resources were, were slim and the people who meant the most just like, man, I'm excited for you. God's doing something. I'm like, thanks, you what? Yeah. horrible human being. But <laughs> at the same time, as I look back, they were not going to get in the middle of what God yeah. was trying to do. Instead of trying to fix the problem right. and and just immediately, you know, they, they just called on us to continue to be faithful to what the Lord has called us to yeah. rather than just try to come in and fix it with their own means and abilities. And so it's whenever people recognize that God is working and they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to interrupt what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times um, we try to get rid of problems in other people. We try to get rid of it in ours. And it kind of saps up what God's doing, you know, like he really wants to come through. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. Maybe this is maybe this is correct. But whenever I do something, you know, I, I get the credit. But when God does something, he, he doesn't share the yeah. praise. And that's what I've just seen in, in my life that um, – God is a jealous God. So whenever um, he's setting out to do something, he wants to complete it. And he wants, you know, it's kind of like the one of the principles of our church, you know. Um, what is it? His hands, not his heart. Yeah, or, yeah, or wait, yeah. no, Seeking I said it backwards. His, yeah, Seeking his heart, not his hands. Yeah, his yeah, yeah. heart, <laughs> not his hands. Yes. And, you know, when God does something, we, we, we don't just get his hands. We get his heart right. as well. And so I think that whenever we try to get in the middle and get rid of the problem or this, we we miss out on his heart as well. And, and you want the full spectrum of what God is wanting to do as well as his character and, and everything that he does. So yeah. that kind of... Yeah, and I think what we see is, is in the disciples' response mm -hmm. is what we often see in our own lives is that we try to provide mm -hmm. human solutions mm. to God's... That's it, yeah. I, I say God's problems... Our, think, problems. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, our problems. Yeah, our problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our, our, our own solutions. Mm. Here's how I think I can make this work. Absolutely. Hey, Jesus, I got a great idea. Just send the people away. <laughs> Let them this, go get something uh, to eat. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. I and know. it's like, wait, what? Exactly. And, and, I, and I think yeah. that so often kind of what you're saying is that God wants us to experience him mm. and he wants us to experience the impossible made possible. Yeah. Which is something that only he can do. Mm -hmm. You know, he... He doesn't want. It's like, and you and you said this about about us being adverse to needing a savior. If we could mm. solve our own problems, we would have no we, need of God. Exactly, and we would miss out on not just His hand mm. and not just the provision, but also His heart. Yeah. You know, we'd miss out on that relationship, and that's what God is <clears> after <throat> so much. And there's actually a. It's a quote that I used on in the first service, but I, I for some reason didn't use it in the second. But it's from the singer of uh, Switchfoot, John Foreman. Yeah. He said this thing that hope means nothing at all until it reaches the core of our need, mm -hmm. and it just. Um, 
that's one of those things. I always go back to that quote because it, it's so true, you know, that we need a savior and yeah, we're yeah. averse to it. No, no, I don't need that. And, um, you know, so, so good. So good. Yeah. One of the, uh, another thing that you brought up in your message, um, that I thought was a really, a really, um, poignant, poignant point. Okay. That, that's a lot of alliteration there <laughs> is a forced king is no king at all. Hmm. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. What's the, what's that all about? Man, I I really think that it's interesting that they wanted to make him king. And yeah. ultimately, that's who Jesus is going to be like. He's going to be king over everything, yeah. you know. And but the thing is, whenever we, you know, uh, I think I mentioned it, uh, you know, during the sermon. But, you know, I, I wrestled because I'm born and raised in America and we get to vote. We, mm-hmm. we have all these privileges that are just um, such a blessing, but uh, I'm used to giving my opinion, my vote. Yeah. And I want to say, and, and this is a monarchy, you know, God is in charge. He is, um, he is on his throne and he is going to do it his way. And so, and it's just one of those things where, um, you know, that, that idea that a forced king is no king at all. Um, if they're forced to be king, like you're kind of losing some of your authority right yeah. there. You're, yeah. And then for what? You know, you're, you're more of a puppet at that point. Yeah. And, and so, um, and I think that that's rough <laughs> that, that we do that. And I, I do that sometimes is I'd rather have God be a puppet of my will and my ambition, my agenda, uh, rather than just embracing God for his goodness of who right. and what he is. Um, and I think, again, you miss out on some of his heart whenever we uh, try to maneuver and, you know, strong arm God. We're going to yeah. we're gonna lose, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, in that case, I mean, we saw that the mob essentially wanted to force Jesus to be king. And that, I mean, yeah. you make an, uh, an argument that, yeah, that would have been nice. Jesus would have fulfilled his mission of being king, but it was in a human way and and what would have happened if the mob had changed their mind a few years down the road exactly and then they force him out or something you know who who knows i mean obviously that's a big hypothetical but yeah essentially yeah. jesus is saying i'm gonna yeah. be king but not because of human methods well and it's interesting too because they wanted to force him to be king and then shortly a little bit later yeah. what do they do they leave him yeah you know it really shows where their heart's at you know yeah. they're not really interested in what jesus is there to accomplish you know if they were maybe i don't know maybe yeah. he would have been like okay you yeah know? but he, they weren't they they right. were not needing a savior is right. essentially what it is um i mean if you read that next chapter <laughs> it's really interesting he did all this amazing stuff and then it and yeah. it just shows where their hearts were at. Like they wanted to force him to be king in one minute and they're yeah. running away from him in the next. Yeah. This guy's feeding us bread and fish and there's food and, you uh-huh. know, uh, he's going to provide all, our, all of our needs. So there's not going to be any scarcity yeah. or lack or any of this other stuff. Yeah, let's make him king. This yeah, is exactly. great. This is Until great. he says something that's really challenging exactly. and then we don't want him to be king anymore. Yeah, we're done with it. Yeah. And we're I think out. that's telling in our own lives of, you know, when, mm. when blessings are abundant you know, um, we we can say it's really easy to say, Jesus, I'll follow you. Mm-hmm. It's then when the hard times come, are we still going to declare, God, you are mm-hmm. king and you are good and I'm going to follow Absolutely. you even when the blessings aren't don't seem to be flowing, you know, or yeah. abundant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's tough. It's, it it's tough. really tough. Um, so in uh, just kind of wrapping up, um, someone's watching this or, sure. or listening to this and they're saying, 
I, I recognize that there's a lot. I, I just don't get it. A, a lot of times I, I just don't get what God's doing and I want to get better about mm. listening to the Lord or understanding what he's doing or following him, you know, whatever the case might be. How would you encourage someone um, or, or, or kind of lead them in that process of, of kind of overcoming this? I don't get it. Man, I, I would say the first thing is, um, is that that's a, that's a very normal response to yeah. what God is doing. Like I would say, first of all, that you're not alone. You know, the Bible's full of those stories. I've got stories like that. And, and I would say there's a few things. Uh, um, one is it's just the, the faith principle, you know, like God is, I think it, the thing that we need to know the most about God is he is, he is going to say things that, that cost us, yeah. you know, like whatever he calls us to, it's going to cost us. And, and that's a good cost. You yeah. know, it, it's hard, but we, we get that heart of, of God. And, um, you know, a few things I, I didn't bring this up on Sunday, but whenever he asks us to do something, there's, there's that principle of faith and, you know, um, and that's essentially just trusting him. You know, there's a definition I use for faith in the youth a lot. And I learned this from college um, from a professor. He essentially like kind of brainwashed a little bit of us. You know, he would, we would be writing a, a sentence and we had quizzes at every yeah. meeting we had. And he wanted to make sure we had this definition. It's just simply this, that faith is choosing to live as though the Bible is true, regardless of circumstances, hmm. emotions, or cultural trends. And so regardless of what the world saying, regardless yeah. of what the culture saying, regardless of what my circumstances are saying, um, you know, I'm going to choose to believe that the Bible is true, that God's word is true. And why is that important? Well, you know, in Romans, it says that the righteous will live by faith. Yeah. And then in uh, also in Romans, it says, you know, whatever is not from faith is sin. So right. you think of that um, whenever God says to do something, we run the other way. Um, and then also in Hebrews, it says we can't even please God without faith. Yeah. So, I mean, faith's important. And that's this tension between what God tells us and what's sometimes our reality. And, and it may seem like an apparent contradiction, but it may not be an ultimate one. And it's yeah. one of those things that we just have to trust him and, um, you know, anchor into what he said. Because sooner, you know, it, it's funny um, – I was mentioning it to you yesterday or um, today, but uh, I used to work at a company that helped churches save on their energy. So we managed comfort all the time. <laughs> it was just this weird thing. Um, it, it was a, 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 it's a great company still, but it's one of those things where I, I really wrestled with this concept of comfort. And um, I feel like God spoke to me during that time there. And he says, you know, um, I seldom use comfort as a catalyst for godliness. And yeah. it's one of those things that whenever there's some tension there, um, I feel like there's breakthrough around the corner. You right. know, it's an opportunity to trust God and to see it through. Yeah. And whenever you see that, you're not telling somebody else's story. You're telling how God has showed you his heart personally and how he has yeah. provided. You know, if you look at the other, you know, this story of the 5,000 is in, all four of the Gospels. And it's funny because it talks about, I think in Mark he says he has compassion on them. He saw them like sheep without a shepherd. 
and he taught them. And then in Luke, he heals them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's this full spectrum of what God is wanting to do when he's got compassion on his people. He wants to heal. He wants to feed us. He wants to be our savior. And you get the full spectrum of what it is, but there's always this place of, are you going to trust me? This is what I'm asking you to do. And so um, I'd say, like, dig in um, and and trust them, you know. Understand that you're on the brink of breakthrough. And then the other thing I'd say is don't do it alone. Yeah. You know, come be part. Um, share the struggle. Um, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord with people. Yeah. Um, and just don't do it alone because the more people are involved, the more everyone gets to see. Yeah. Um, God do this amazing stuff. You yeah. know, this was in front of 5,000 people <laughs> yeah. or, or more than that. And um, there's no denying that to all those yeah. people of what Jesus did. And so um, when we keep it private, sometimes, um, uh, you know, God, he, he wants people to know. Right. So. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of, you know, what you were saying reminds me of the psalm that says, be still and know mm. that I'm God. Yeah. And, and when we're, when we're caught in that tension, you yeah. know, um, you know, I love what you just said that, you know, it might seem like an apparent contradiction, but it's not an ultimate mm-hmm. one. And when we're in that tension, sometimes the hardest thing to do, <laughs> but the most essential is to be still and, yeah. and to, and to wait on the Lord. Um, and there's that concept that we see all throughout scripture of waiting on the Lord. And, and, and exactly. what does that mean? Well, it means not rushing to provide a human solution to the mm-hmm. problem, you mm-hmm. know? So good. Um, and so to wait and, and you know, to, Help us overcome. The, yeah. I missed it. I didn't get it. You know, I'm confused. I'm angry. I'm fill in the blanks. It's God. What do you What do you want to say in this situation? What do yeah. you want to do? And sometimes, sometimes God's really quiet, and that's hard. And <laughs> and is. I remember Pastor James told me once when I was in college. He said, "The teacher never talks during a test." Yeah. You know, and so being still, pressing in. I love you know. He said, "Dig in." You know, press into yeah. to God's presence and God's character and trust. <clears throat> That mm-hmm. he is God, know that he is God, and that he he's he's got it together. He doesn't miss it. Yeah, you know, we miss it. And it's, it's funny, you know, you, you may have heard it before, but I've heard people say, "If you ain't got no test, you ain't got to no testimony." You know, <laughs> and it's one of those things. It's so true. And I love that. I mean, the very thing that you know, it's not, it's an apparent contradiction. You, yeah. you think that that was not a contradiction to the disciples when they say, we're going to feed this many people yeah. with this, with this yeah. and this and same thing. Was it a contradiction whenever, uh, you know, the Israelites come up to the Red Sea, uh, yeah. Lord, we've got, you know, Pharaoh and his army behind us, you know, yeah. but that's the beautiful thing is we've got a God who can do so much and immeasurably yeah. more, but it's that little inch of, I'm going to st- Stand my ground mm-hmm. where with what God has told me to do and then see his character unfold, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's good. Well, um, thank you so much for taking some time out of yeah, your day to absolutely. talk a little bit more about your message. And thank you so much for joining yeah. us for another episode of Monday Moments. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please let us know. Uh, you can drop a comment. You can send us a message. However you uh, are able to do that, we would just love to hear from you. Um, we always enjoy uh, knowing that uh, this is meaningful content for you. And if you haven't had a chance to subscribe to this, uh, please consider doing that. That way you can be notified every time a new episode is posted. Thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.